Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? All right, welcome back to Season 1, Episode 6 of Glee Aggressive. Oh, that one felt tight. Um... We are discussing today's season one, episode six, titled Vitamin D. Yep. Uh, originally aired October 7th, 2009. Welcome to October, Ian. It's still Libra season. Um, okay, okay, okay. Okay. I was like, I was like, my first note didn't make sense to me, um, which was just how impressive is this opening choreography? Uh, right? So clearly not very. I mean, I, so I watched this this morning and I already don't remember what you're talking about. Yeah. So it opens up in the choir room um, with the whole glee. Oh, right, 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 like, right. Doing, yeah, like, yeah. Dances. Oh, there's, he says step all change at some point. So I was like, is this real? And it I don't really remember. Didn't leave but, impression. but like, I do remember, yeah, they're all complacent now. Only yeah. six episodes in. I don't know what the timeline of this shit is, but like, this seems really fast for them to be complacent already well they just did well they just did so good at invitationals which isn't a real thing and then will explain will explaining to emma like they got complacent because they found out who they're competing against for sectionals and it's two uncomfortable jokes Oof, which like back to back competing against a school for the deaf and um a school for like reformed um troubled youth Right, um, which, like... So the they're f- like, let's make an ableist joke and a joke about troubled youth. Also, like, I'm just uncomfortable that, like, their recurring joke is the school for the deaf. Like, yeah, it would be one thing if it was just in that one episode from earlier on, but no, this is like, oh, yeah, them again. Like, no. Yeah. We will see the school for the deaf many more times. I hate it. Yeah, so it's another, like, it's too... And then they're like, oh, a school who can't hear themselves sing and a bunch of criminals who won't care and i'm like hey this is uncomfortable it's all around all around it's um also not great. like particularly uncomfortable to hear mercedes like talking about the school for troubled youth in that way and, and like, artie oh, no. too because i think artie was the yeah! one that was like one yeah. who can't hear and one who doesn't care like that's like ugh. maybe no. they're like oh it's okay if they make those jokes i'm like it's not still not, not okay no um, um so backtracking slightly to when they're still in the choir room will is trying to show how complacent they are they cut to like kurt watching a youtube video on his phone right and he says oh sorry it's the grape grape stomping one and i was trying to remember like in 2009 was there a viral video about something with grape stomping and i couldn't remember one i couldn't either if you remember a viral video from 2009 (laughs) about grape stomping please let us know gleeaggressive at gmail.com at gleeaggressive on your social meds Yes, and so then we're in the we're in the teachers' lounge with Will and Emma, and they do another like Will and Emma touching sexual tension scene with mustard, and I hated it. I wrote Emma and Will have a moment. Yawn. It's just also like the weirdest. Like, let me wipe this mustard off your chin dimple. Is just not a sentence I want to hear. <laughs> never. I just don't like it. Never. Not once. Not never. No. Um, Sue Sylvester is here though to finally break up this uncomfortable scene and inform them that like with sue with her unconventional methods kicks the uh, she like she randomly kicks cheerios out like she has like she has her own whole like list of like who's getting kicked out when essentially 
because children need to be terrified, and out loud I said, nope. <laughs> um, yeah, correct. They feed on terror. But she does have, like, buried deep in the Sue Sylvester of it all, she has a good point, which is like, hey, Will, why don't you spark a little competition between yeah. them? And he's like, that's actually not a bad idea. Absolutely. And this, this is the birth of a what will become an iconic Glee staple, which is the mashup episode. Right. Like, this is, this becomes a thing. Like, you will always get at least one mashup a season. And it's, like, surprising mashups, too. Like, we'll get into that, but, like, but the songs they've chosen in this episode, I was just, like, I am very much intrigued to see how that works, sir and or madam and or non-binary individual. They still don't exist in 2009 in Ryan Murphy's head. I mean, ma'am, this is Ohio. Yeah. So, birth of the mashup episode... And then they talk about it some more, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes to the choir room and has pinned up some examples of people in comp- people and or elements in competition. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, uh, Bill Clinton versus, was that Newt Gingrich? I think it was Newt Gingrich. Oh. And a lightning then, versus a pool? And a bear versus a shark. But the lightning <laughs> versus pool. And, and even Kurt is like, I don't understand how lightning is in competition with an above ground pool. And right. Bill's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Again, Will's not a great teacher. Yes, and so it's boys versus girls. Kurt tries to go be with the girls, and they make him go with the is boys. Is this, like, is this okay? Like, it, like I know it's not a trans thing, but, like, Kurt misgendering himself like that, I don't know if that's weird or not. I mean, it's probably not him misgendering himself, more so, like, because I think, for all intents and purposes, as far as we are ever told, Kurt identifies as male. Right. Like, Kurt is a boy. But... He's thinking more about, I think, who would he want to perform with. Sure. And also, vocally, we've learned Kurt certainly seems to fit more into... He, yeah, he's like, a very high his, like, tenor, clearly. And his high tenor, so... I don't know. He's probably like, why would I want to perform? I think it's supposed to be more... Well, first of all, it's definitely just a gay joke. The, I mean, that like, was the other part of it. Like, that's what I it mean, is. I, 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 guess I, meant, I, I guess I meant less, like, misgendering and more so, like, is this, like... Like, a gay thing yeah. that should make us, un- like, uncomfortable in 2021. I'll shut up now. Yes. Um, it is that, because it is him being like, I'm gay, so I'm more of a woman, I guess, is the joke. It's bad. Yeah. Um, um, but I can also see why Kurt would prefer to be hanging out with the girl group. Uh, sure. Sure. But, um... Eh, yeah. t- um so they have to, they have to create mashups of your choice. And, like, because this is the exposition scene, what's a mashup? It's mm-hmm. a, quote, musical explosion. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> I shouldn't have taken a drink at that time. <laughs> I'm sorry. But also, I'm not sorry, because, like, from it what I'm able to see, that was great. Explosion. Um, <laughs> and whoever wins gets their song sung at sectionals. Okay. Exactly. Um, um, and there's a celebrity judge. Who could it be? Like, I don't know. I liked this episode. I don't know why it sounds so, like, but the opening part's boring. It's basically boring until it gets to, like, this next part, really. Right. We're Sue Journals. Yes, Sue's journaling. Beautiful. Aces. It's, uh, like, oh, I absolutely love it. Um, I, 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 most of my notes in this section are just, like, word-for-word quotes. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um... That she she's afraid she will lose Nash. Oh, I, I it says quiver because it autocorrected from Quinn. Quinn yeah. will lose us nationals, which means no endorsements for Sue, which means no hovercraft for Sue. It, it probably says quivering because he notices a quiver in Quinn's 
leg. That makes sense. And that's yes. what will lose that quiver will lose some nationals, which will mean no hovercraft. Right. Um, also, the quote about um, she's like uh, like she's co- in competition with these sexually ambiguous horror movie villains. Oh, Sue Sylvester, bringing some light into this episode by being terrible. She's apparently 29, sure. Um, yes. Again, I'm 29. <laughs> um, yeah. Only, <laughs> then she has the quote, only to be shanghaied by the bi-curious machination of the cabal of doughy, misshapen teens. Wow. <gasps> oh my god. Wow. Imagine writing that sentence down. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and I'm of course it's not me it's will schuster the store bought perm note just 10 out of 10 she's she's gonna take down will schuster since she can't take down just the glee club um (sighs) oh also everyone's tired in this episode everyone's tired that's a recurring theme everyone's Everyone's tired everyone's having emotions so sue goes over to see will's wife terry i love this bit too First of all, there's this bright yellow tea set, like, in between them, which is very funny to me. Yeah. The tea set's this, like, great touch. <laughs> um, and basically, Sue is like, your wife, your wife, your husband's having an affair at work, and you mm-hmm. need to stop it if you're going to keep your man. And what I thought was interesting about this is, like, yes, it's Sue, like, going through it. She's scheming. She's doing a scheme. But she's also, like, not lying. Because she specifically says at one point, if it isn't an affair, it's, like, headed that way. She basically is saying, like, your husband's having an emotional affair with this woman. Right. Which he is. A hundred percent. Sue's really just coming in and telling her the truth, which is, even if he's not actually, like, cheating on you, like, he kind of is. He kind of is. In like, a lot of ways. It's definitely, like, destined for failure. Yeah. So, yes, she's being schemy, but also she's just laying down the facts she is laying down the facts um i mean like this this scene ebbs and flows with like problematic stuff but like yeah (laughs) i can i could uh like i could never be pregnant don't have the time don't have the uterus which was so funny (laughs) she also goes more tea and it's a prompt for (laughs) terry to pour more tea for her right um but then she, like, we find out she fucking sabotaged the nurse, which I was like, no! She put an old woman in a coma to get Terry a job as a school nurse, something Ugh. she's 100% not qualified for. 100%. She also makes another, like, <sighs> mentally ill ginger pygmy with eyes like a bush baby, no thank you. I just, <laughs> like, as descriptive and as, like, clever as that was, I was like, oh, this was, this line alone was just a lot of things. Yeah. I mean... The, take out the line about making fun of her for being mentally ill, and once again, we're maybe in better territory. Right. We we really can't get away from those jokes, can we? And, I, I mean, and we're only six episodes into the series. Boy. So, yeah, Terry's gonna get a job as a nurse? My note is I don't care about the adults here at all. Yeah, this adult plot is not my fave. Also, I have it written down here. And I can't remember who says it, but it's just when they're like, I think it's Will saying to Terry, like, you don't have any nursing experience. And she goes, it's a public school. Yeah, that was honestly facts. Yeah, (laughs) that was frightening. And like, all I could think about through the rest of this episode was like, what does the funding of the school look like? Thank you, Annette Storkman, for like burying this thing in my mind that is now living rent free. Where's the school where they can, they hire someone with no nursing experience to be a nurse, 
But also they have a ballet studio. They have a ballet studio and they have all this funding for the cheerleaders. Yeah. But like no but like the assistant manager from Sheets and Things is the nurse. A qualified nurse candidate. Um, yeah, I don't I don't well, I mean this school's fake, of course, but Yeah, yeah, but still But also suspicious. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Terry works at the school now. Will's clearly uncomfortable with this because he didn't want to spend time with his wife at work. Right. And because he's having an emotional affair with a guidance counselor. Yeah. So, a lot going on here. Um, also, she looks, like, she just does, like, the complete, like, mean girl move. Terry does, like, the thing where she licks her finger to get the lipstick off Emma's cup. And I was oh like, my God. that is just mean girl written oh, all over yeah. it. That was so, that was bonkers. I hated it. Um, yeah, I didn't like that. Then I think we go to the locker room to show that Finn is tired. I just wrote down sports words. Yes, but then at the same time, we're hearing Finn's, like, internal monologue. How he's, like, attracted to Rachel um, mm-hmm. at the same time, but being a guy his age is tough. Um, and he gave up on homework. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he got crushed on level two. Also, we find out through that um, through that montage... Will is also teaching music, like, he's also clearly just, like, a music teacher. Like, he is teaching them theory because he has a line about it's it has no sharps or flats, so, like, what key is it? And I'm like, they have all this artistic stuff, but no funding and no music teacher, question mark? I assumed that that was him teaching them that in Glee Club. Yes, but also it's like... I don't know. I guess, like, maybe I just come from, like, a background to, like, where, like, music education was actually a thing where I grew up. Right. So, like, I could just be taking that kind of thing for granted. But I guess, like, I would assume if they have the regular pianist, hmm. is he not That's the music true. teacher as well? Or is, is he yeah, solely hired? Yeah, they have a pianist hired? on hire. He, yeah. You feel like he should be able to teach a music class. Right. Will doesn't seem particularly qualified to teach a music class. I mean, you would think because he's a Spanish teacher. Spanish teacher. But also maybe an accountant. Who knows what Will's doing? Who knows? Yeah, so Finn is busy, overworked, underpaid, gave up homework, and is failing at glee rehearsal, which they talk about doing this. They make a stomp the yard reference, which I think is weird. Yeah. And we learn that they're that the guys are going to do a mashup of It's My Life by John Bon Jovi. Yes. And Confessions by Usher. Yes. And I have yet to see these mashups. I'm aware of their work. I've seen maybe one of them. Um, because our our guest from the last episode, Jenna Kate Karn, uh, Manasoff, one time just showed me one of the mashups one time, and I was just like, Jenna, what's going on here? But yeah. this is the first time we see a mashup in Glee. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get there, because the actual performance of the mashups, because then the girls announced that they're doing a mashup of Walking on Sunshine and Halo. Again, and like for both of these songs, I'm like, how is this going to happen? Let's find out. Also- Here's the thing that I was wondering about as I was driving home today. Like, I feel like you can't just know how to put, make a mashup. Right. <laughs> like, not all songs mash up. Right. And there's, like, a kind of amount of skill that goes into arranging a mashup. Like, I guess in the girls group, it's implied that Rachel just does it because she knows music. Right. But, like, which of those boys have the skill and knowledge to artfully mash up two songs like i couldn't do it like i would say maybe kurt but i feel like kurt does not know usher or john bon jovi Jovi. maybe Artie because he seems to have a lot of talents yeah 
Like, but I was like, this isn't something you can just sit down and do in a couple of days. Right. Like, let's arrange and put together a mashup. Especially those four very disparate songs. Like, I, yeah. I have, uh, until today, I have never, like, heard Halo and thought, you know what, this is missing, Walking, Walking on Sunshine. On sunshine. <laughs> yes. So, I was very, I was thinking about that today, and I was like, this seems like a really tall order to give to some high school students, and I, yeah, I don't buy it. Right. I mean, I took music theory in high school, and we were not assigned this assignment either, so take that for what it's worth. Um, Also, the cheerleaders are really mean about Quinn, which is a bummer because, like, she's supposed to be their friend, and Tina still has no lines. What the fuck, guys? Um, So they send Finn, who's sleeping in rehearsal, to the nurse's office. Yes. Ostensibly to just take a nap because that's what Puck does. He says he hasn't been to math class in two years because he goes to the nurse's office and sleeps. I would have loved to have done that in high school. Yeah, same. Um, but instead, Terry's like, let's have a heart-to-heart. First, she comments on his bone structure because she realizes that that's going to be the father of the baby she's trying to steal. Yep. Um, and then he's like, I'm just so tired and overworked. And she's like, well, why? I did all this in high school. She uh, realizes, I wrote, Terry's realizing she peaked right now um, yep. because she was like, I was the captain of the cheerleading squad i made maintained a 4.0 gpa my my rising popularity and maintained a long-term loving relationship with the man i was going to marry and she was like and i did all that and i was like girl yeah you did peak in high school yeah and then she reveals that she managed to do all that because she was taking over-the-counter like pseudofedrine yeah yes like which like I mean, we're gonna go, like, I, I know the answers to all of these, like, subsequent questions I have, but, like, we're gonna just go on this journey with me. Please, like, humor yeah. me, because I I have never, I think I took, like, Sudafed for every cold between the ages of, like, four and ten, and I felt zero, like, zero effects, not to mention any side effects. Yeah. So I'm not sure how this works. I don't know either. But we go straight to the boys' mashup, and Finn is acting like he is on cocaine. Finn walks in, like, so drugged up. Like, yeah, he's on party drugs. He's, like, like no periods in any of his sentences. Just right. run on, let's go. Like, and I, I like that we have Artie up in here. Um, like, yeah. he, they're, so they're doing this aforementioned mashup of It's My Life and yes. um, Confessions. So, this is another two-song episode. The only songs in this episode are the two mashups, which right. means it's sort of a four-song episode if you want to be like that, yeah, but you can sure. only buy them together. Right. Um, uh, so, the boys' performances first, I will say, loved it. It was great. <laughs> loved this, this mashup. This was really good. We got it our was first, really good. We got our first taste of Mike Chang, who was this, like, diesel dancer. Yes! Harry Shum Jr., can fucking dance dude yeah like he was great like this is what i want every song to be like i want to see everybody showcased for their talent i want Artie rolling around playing guitar and singing finn doesn't know how to hold a mic but that's fine he's talented (laughs) um (laughs) he doesn't like like everyone's on on point everyone is on point it also opens up, and I didn't notice this when I was watching it, like, whenever ago, because I didn't know what this instrument was, but it, like, they cut to Artie, like, playing on the guitar, and he's got, like, a talk box thing in, like, he's yeah. got that tube in his mouth to go, like, wow, wow. Um, <laughs> that's what it does. And <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. 
Hell yeah. I also think it's interesting that, like, it's specifically in this mashup that they do... Finn is, like, your rock and roll classic rock voice. Right. And they're like, and Artie's the, like, R&B hip-hop voice. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he does a good job, but... I mean, again, he was a boy band member. Because um, Artie's definitely taking the lead on the Usher roles here. Sure. Um, yeah, five-star performance. Five-star performance. And then everybody loves it except Leah Michelle, who is glowering again, added to the tally. Ugh, yeah. Like, Whatever. somebody go through all our episodes and just, like, please tally how many times Leah Michelle is just glowering at people. A super cut of Leah Michelle glowering. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. So then Rachel and... Quinn have like a heart to heart which I I like this bit yeah um like, it was interesting because again it's in a crowded hallway it's in a crowded hallway um Leah Michelle is like being rather selfless of course there's like the of course there's like the alter um ulterior motive of like we have to beat the boys um but like she does say some like really sweet things here to the young woman who is like for all intents and purposes, like, her enemy rival. Um, Who's been, like, terrible to her before all the Glee Club stuff, too. Exactly. Like, like, uh, um, like, she says, or, like, um, like, Quinn is like, why are you being nice to me? And, um, Leah Michelle says something along the lines of, like, this was before you knew what it was like to be me, an outsider. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if people knew, like, Quinn would be the one, like, the quote I also wrote down is, like, with the pornographic pictures of you in the bathroom walls, and Quinn is like, I did those. That was me, actually, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. But, this is very mean. But Quinn, I mean, like, I, I just love Diana Agron, and, like, I just think, yeah. like, Quinn is, like, the one person that I actually care about in all of this know, so far. me too, honestly. Yeah, Rachel's just having her, like, being a bigger person moment. Yeah. Um, Which is rare, first of all. It also feels like a touch... Like, the tiniest hint of, of malicious being like, look, you're going to become very unpopular and you're going to need us. Like, right. Which is both kind and also a little mean, but true. But so, yeah, like, I, I understood that. Rachel, and also I think Rachel is probably more mad at Finn at this point because of his actions sure. from last episode. I buy and that. It's easy to, and it's easy to sympathize with a girl who you know didn't want to get pregnant in high school and got pregnant in high school. Right. So if you have a heart, you probably feel for her. Exactly. But then we go to our man, Howard Bamboo of Sheets and Things. So I have a slight sidebar for Please. you regarding Howard Bamboo. Um, so you are aware of my friend. Uh, she guested on our podcast episode. She will probably guest on this one. Um... You know her as Lindsay. Goes by Rascal now. Um, I forgot to tell you that before we started recording. Rascal. <laughs> Rascal. Um, and I, when I told her we were doing this project, she, I was like, "Hey, I think I want to have you come talk about a couple of episodes because she has a point of view we can't bring, in that she is uh, uh, part Asian, so we can't speak on being a minority at all." Exactly. Um, but so she's been watching a couple episodes, and she also rewatched. Like, she got into it, basically. Great. Um, and so she was watching, and she said, she, like, sent me a message, like, out of the blue, and was like, I was watching, and I saw the character, and I was like, oh, who's that sad sack from Sheets and Things who gets being a recurring character? And I cannot believe that they ended up with the name Howard Bamboo, because 
Sue makes a joke earlier in the episodes and calls him Panda Express, right? Uh-huh. And you're like, ah, yes, this is the joke. She's making a racist joke. So we'll have the racist character call him Panda Express. But then they went around and named him Howard Bamboo. Yeah. So, um, uh. as she points out, she's like, you can't make the racist joke and then give him basically a racist joke for a name. Yeah. Um, so, Glee has a lot of problems with their representation of Asian characters, I'm coming to learn. And we'll touch on it more in coming episodes, but I wanted to say that, uh, yeah, Howard Bamboo is a troubling name for a very lovely character. For our dreaming king. Uh, who gets turned into a drug mule this episode? Which was fucking wild to me, because Terry needs her, him to buy 36 boxes of decongestant. Oh my god. What the yeah. fuck? Poor so Howard. Many of, so many of my notes in this episode are, what the fuck? Yeah. Me too. And then, um, and then enter yeah. Ken. I kind of thought this was a lovely little moment of, like... Yeah. And not because of what they're talking about, because they obviously have a pretty fucked up conversation. But yeah. this, like, little dynamic of they clearly knew each other from before, which implies that, like, Will and Ken are maybe slightly higher level work friends. Sure. Like, you know how you have your work friends who you hang out with at work, but then there's your work friends who you maybe see for, like, a little bit more, like, a little bit of, like, oh, maybe at a drink after work. Right. Like, you're not going to invite them to your house, but you'll know them enough that your wife would maybe know them. And exactly. that's what this feels like to me, and I was like, oh, that's a cute little dynamic. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, you see them plenty together, um, like, at this point of the series anyway, so I buy yeah. that. Uh, but basically, Terry is, like, the two people we're involved with definitely want to be with each other and not with us. Right. Just very upfront and frank about it. Right, and they're not wrong, clearly. No. No, again, there's no lies here. Yeah, um, Ken even offers an affair, um, which yeah. is uncomfortable. <laughs> that would be his solution. I look at Ken Tanaka and I'm like, yep, yeah, you would. Um, but Terry's solution is somehow worse, which is hopping Ken up on Sudafed and ex- saying that he should propose to Emma. I just, I just... Who doesn't currently allow him to touch her. <sighs> so uh... it's just, it's bad decision time. All around. Yeah, bad decision time all around. Questionable choices. Then we go to the girls' rehearsal. <laughs> where like opens on Rachel saying, like, I told you so. And then a line that made me laugh, which was Santana's like, yeah, we know. You've been berating us for the better part of an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Which yep. is very... I would believe it. Yeah, because if they don't step up, Rachel will be humiliated. And I have here, ha, 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 Kurt is a double agent. Yes. Which is hilarious. I love He's that. He's a double agent because his ideas, such as putting everyone in cornrows, was rejected. I mean, I hey, wrote... Kurt? No. 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 We don't uh, do that here, Kurt. Wait, and like, I promise this is related because, Karina, have you watched Riverdale at all? Oh. Oh, Ian, I've watched Riverdale. I, I figured that was a silly question, but you know. <laughs> so this whole episode, and I bring it up now just because this was when I... It, what, this is when it struck me. This reminds me of that episode where all the teenagers in Riverdale are taking Jingle Jangle, Jingle Jangle, which is their version of like the club drug around town, but it's like it's fucking pixie sticks. sticks. Oh my god, yes, it is. Everyone's hopped up on Jingle Jangle. I hated it then. I hate it now. 
and Kurt comes in to be like, you know, the boys took drugs. You know what? To be quite honest, I would have respected this episode more if they were like, and the kids were all hopped up on Jingle Jangle. Like, at least Riverdale <laughs> went there. Oh, Riverdale man. was like, yeah, it's dumb, but it is, uh, that's just what we're doing. So a whole other podcast. Uh, you don't want to get me started talking about Riverdale. I don't. So, so the girls find out that, uh, the boys were doing performance enhancing drugs, which is a funny kind of joke. Um, I don't know if this is, um, well, so they're, they're, then they line up in the, uh, the nurse's office. Okay. Okay. I need to tell you something about this scene and I don't Go know on. if you noticed it and I almost want to like pull up so I can give you a timestamp. So they're all lined up in the office to all take their drugs and the line is that Santana's in the front and then the, and it goes down. The blonde cheerleader at the end is not Heather Morris. There's just no. two, there's just two random cheerleaders who we don't know and we don't see again. Here, actually I found it. I can send you a screenshot. Yeah, I was watching and I rewound like four times that it's just a couple of random cheerleaders in um, in the back. Let me go into my Netflix. I was like, who are these people? And like, she's far enough away and I've never noticed it before that you're probably just meant to assume it's just these people that we don't know and we'll never see again. Right, I didn't think um, twice about it. Yeah, there's just like, and I didn't even, I look, realizing now there's just a whole nother girl there that I've we've never seen before and we'll never see again. But I specifically noticed that at the end, I'm like, is that supposed to be Heather Morris? And they just couldn't oh. get her for that day? What? Oh. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know how I missed that. Holy crap. Right? Because they're, like, all the way in the back, and, like, why would you look at them? But right. Ugh. I was like, because Heather Morris shows up in the girls' performance. Like, she's back later. Right. And she was there to start, but this is just... Who's that blonde? I, and who's the brunette? Because they they have never established a second no. brunette... I get no. look Caucasian looking question mark cheerleader and these girls are not in the girls performance afterwards like, exactly it's not um, like they needed to fill out glee club with them so who are these strangers doing drugs <laughs> <laughs> write in at gleeaggressive at gmail.com let us know yeah um make up backstories for them who are they how did they get who, here like, what did they audition I'll for the glee club with why were they not in the girls performance I'll post it on our Instagram like so yes. you can see this. Please. It's not a good screenshot because, like, Netflix won't let me screenshot right. it because of um, whatever. Yeah, you know. Um, but, um, but my note is uh, now the girls are taking the fed. <laughs> Except for Quinn, who's taking Ex folic acid. Exactly, it's because baby. it's good for the baby. Um, interesting that um, Rachel and Santana are paired, like, next to each other a lot. Yeah, it's a weird lineup. Or maybe it's yeah. just because of, like, a height thing. But, yeah. Probably. Uh, so they take their drugs. And, and then, then we go back to the teacher's lounge. And Will and Terry have, like, a pretty full-blown fight. And, like, uh, she licks his face, which is weird. Yes, it is weird. And I think he's justified for basically being like, look, this is my workplace. And you've kind of... I mean, because what Terry did was not... She did not want to work in the school. She wanted to stalk Will. And it's clear right. that that's what was happening to everyone. They have this, they're like, now that we, we both work at the same place, we don't have any conversations when we get home. And they cut to them at dinner. This is my favorite part of the episode. A lot of ants on the sidewalk today. Pretty late in the season for that. Here's that the was, thing. Bravo. Um, it's amazing. But I was sitting there watching and I was like, you know what? 
If I saw a lot of ants on the sidewalk, it's 100% something I would tell Zach about. <laughs> I'd be like, because you won't believe how many ants I saw today. That would be something I would walk into work and be like, so, like, did anybody else see that, like, parade of ants? Like, no, there were, like, enough ants on the sidewalk to do, like, a small touring production of Cats. Maybe we're just more enthralled by nature than uh, <laughs> Will and Terry are. But, like, it would be, I feel like Zach would be excited if I told him about all the ants I saw that day. <laughs> I well, love it. It's so wholesome. I guess it depends. So, I was like, damn. You have to do, them, you I have guess. to tell him that now. Like, tell him that in, like, four days from now and I'll just, like, him. let me know how that goes. He'll be like, he will, honestly, he'll probably be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. So they fight, and Will is like, I don't, I don't really like working with you. You're making right. me uncomfortable. And then Emma walks in, and, like, everyone stops because everyone knows. Ken gets down onto one knee. And then Ken, who's frantically shredding because he's hopped up on drugs, yep. gets down and proposes to Emma. In a in the, the teachers lounge at the school, which is like was both like sweet and weird at the same time. Like the whole bit, like it was, yeah. He calls her Eminem, which is adorable, but like it is. Like his sentiments weren't awful. Like he's not a bad guy. He's very misguided, and he's clearly not good at reading social cues. But like everything he said, was almost like kind of sweet. His heart was maybe... His heart wasn't in the right place because he got manipulated into proposing by Terry. Right. But his heart is sort of in the right place for this relationship, is what I Right. Think. Like, it's clear that, like, he truly loves Emma, and I think that's yeah. really sweet. Um, yeah. And then, like, we kind of leave it to that. We, we go right from uncomfortable proposal to a girl's performance. Which, like, clearly the girls are hopped up on the Fed, and yep. Rachel has a long, like, speech... Um, all in one breath. It ends with, also, angels. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Um, the pianist, which, like, this is the scene where I realized the pianist has zero lines so far. He's probably making a lot of money, but he has zero lines, and I want to hear what he has to say, personally. One day, Ian. Okay, day. I trust you. I trust you. Um, but he does have an amazing repertoire. He has an amazing repertoire, nothing but respect, and this number is awesome. I loved it solid mashup made my neck hurt yeah yeah i think i've read somewhere heard that like they a couple of them really like fucked up their neck trying to do i like, believe the dancing it scene in this. and like i know this is later on in the series probably not by a whole lot because this is one of the few bits i do remember like she mentions like hairography where like so much is yeah. just like like just basically headbanging glorified yeah. headbanging but that's what a lot of this number was it was it was before they knew what they were doing, they were doing hairography. They they were doing hairography, um, and like I loved this number, but I wanted more people to have solos. Yeah, like it did it feel was... like the boys was more balanced in terms of like showcasing people. Right, um, like like it had this amazing energy. Like I loved it, um, but like I wanted to see Tina in there. I wanted to see Santana have her moment. I wanted yeah. to see Quinn have her moment. Like, and also, it felt like, like the song that really deserved all of that. Yeah. Also, like, it could have paralleled the boys' moment nicely with Britney having her own little dance solo. Because we yeah. know Heather Morris is a very talented dancer. Where Come was on, guys. It? Where yeah, was I it? Yeah, I feel like, like, we'll talk about the songs a little more towards the end. But, you know, the girls, I thought, didn't do as good of a job of showcasing as the boys did. The boys right. felt a little more balanced. Right. Um, 
And that was it. Everyone loves the performance. The boys are looking on, like, because they know about the drugs. Right. Um, And then we just go to Emma being like, hey, Will, I was just proposed to. But before I answer this proposal, I need to know, are you going to leave your wife? Pretty much, yeah. Like, she basically straight up asks him without asking him. She's like, tell me if you're going to leave your wife. Right. And he doesn't say anything, and then it cuts to Terry, like... Glowering. Add that to the fucking tally. Give her her own tally. Which is, like, hey, fair, because, yeah, you did just ask him... Yeah. ...if he would be willing to leave his, ostensibly to you pregnant wife but that being said emma actually stands up to terry here after mm-hmm. will leaves and like again like terry's like former popular girl thing is in full effect here oh my god yeah like she makes a very insensitive joke about like ken's like genetic background like being a host oh. of genetic diseases oh which my is like god. like i oh. feel like and i'm sorry folks because i know i'm the one that's like quoting all of these awful horrible moments but like i just feel re- like i feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about like these are the yeah. horrible things that they say yeah like it's it's part it's out there it's watchable for everyone and it's good to know like we were saying these things on tv rightly or not and the right. answer is not not um but Terry, I also, like, I wrote down Terry isn't wrong here. Like, Sure. Again, like, they are basically, what they're doing for all their relationships is bad. All these adults are doing a terrible job at all their respective relationships. Exactly. And again, we all know that Terry is, like, our audience view is that Terry is supposed to be the villain because we know she's picking a pregnancy. Right. But no other character knows that, which means they're making these decisions without that knowledge of like villainy basically on her part right um my next note is about the funding again that has zero fun it has all the funding and zero funding at the same time their cheerleaders are like top of the line but their arts clearly has something but they can't hire a real nurse we talked about that already um yeah i wonder yeah maybe the cheerleaders have like boosters you know fundraising Um, they did raise eight grand in a car wash. Um, but, um, then it's Quinn and Terry and... Okay. (laughs) Okay. I was so annoyed because Quinn, like, pulls Terry aside and is like, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, they're going to go back to the nurse's office, which is a room with a closed door. And instead, they walk a little bit (laughs) into the hallway. (laughs) Yep. Once again, full conversation about Quinn's pregnancy. And Terry's plan to, like, they're discussing the two biggest secrets, Quinn's pregnancy and Terry's fake pregnancy, and they're discussing them in the middle of the school hallway where anyone could hear. And the point where they meet, which is Terry is going to take her baby. Yes. Um, Also, she asks, are you having the baby right now? Like, or like, you're not having it right now, are you? It's like, do you know nothing, woman? I mean, she doesn't. She asked if her baby fell out, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I did, like, I was, like, my note is, like, yes, Quinn, extort her. I mean, yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Ugh, Uh, I'm rooting for Quinn. It does seem like, like, I'm very confused about the terms of this. Like, obviously, they're gonna probably do it, like, like, legally, how is this going to work, like, Right. Is it like this weird back alley deal? Is there a monetary exchange? Well, that's what I was wondering. It's like, how are we going to make this happen without Will knowing that, like, after nine fake months or whatever, Terry all of a sudden no longer has their child. 
mm-hmm. and Quinn no longer has her child. Right. Like, how are they going to orchestrate that? They're going to have to, like, keep Will away for the whole sort of delivery window. Right. And, and then, then like, suddenly Terry's going to have to show back up with the baby. Right. And then, like, I guess it makes sense if, like, Quinn clearly states, like, she doesn't want to keep the baby. Um, right. Like, she wants, like... Quinn's could be explained away. Exactly. There's going to be a lot of gymnastics to get this to plan to work. And again, not to mention what kind of doctor is going to sign off on this, like... I need right. to, I'm taking this, hello, this teenage girl has just delivered a baby, but I'm the one taking it, and you and can't tell like, my husband. And it's like, also, and it's like, no, she's not, like, legally my surrogate either. No, we, we made a, we made a deal in the hallway of a high school, so I will be taking <laughs> after, this baby. After making a deal in her car, which I broke yes. into. But, Terry does not accept the extort, extorting, which I think is wrong. She's like, no, you can afford to. You can afford the maternity clothes because I'm going to pay the baby's bills for 18 years. It's like, Jesus Christ. I was Christ. like, ugh, this is all yucky. Um, uh, oh, then Emma's like in the locker room and in yeah. parentheses I have not a porno. Um, <laughs> God, that would be the worst porno. I know. Um, this was all very like sad to me. It was like, and it's I mean sad. like this was like the first time I wasn't really rooting for Emma because it's like she feels cornered into this and she kind of like doesn't handle it well because she wants to know the terms of this marriage she doesn't want to live with him they don't want to like she doesn't want to hang out with him it's sad you can't touch like you can't touch me above the wrist yeah like it was like yeah what Kemma is Kemma what Emma is doing to Ken right now is just really mean essentially is being like and she basically, she says to his face, like, we both don't want to end up alone, so we might as well get married. But not even giving him any of, like, it's worse for him to be married to her at this point. Um, yeah. And he she's doing it because she feels sad about herself and her life. And so this seems like a band-aid to put on it. And that's very unfair to both of them. Right. So I feel bad for Ken, and this was a shitty thing for Emma to do. Not handling her emotions well. Right. And then, like... And then we cut right to Rachel and Finn because, like, because, like, now Finn's, like, calling her out for, like, also taking the cold medicine. And they're like, oh, we should all just withdraw because we all cheated. And it's like, fuck you. You all took cold medicine. Like, what (laughs) the fuck? It would be one thing if you all actually took cocaine. No, Um, but you were all, like, on cold meds. Like, literally over the counter, like, stuff that, like, again... I, I've taken this, I've taken Sudafed. Mm-hmm. It didn't work for a long time, and then it worked, and my nose felt better, and I've never felt any sort of, like, hyped-up side effect. You didn't feel like you could write a mashup? I didn't feel like, I, I mean, I, I feel that when I'm sober. Um, you feel that way all the time. So. I feel that way all the time, I know. Um, well, then we go to the consequences of the actions. Howard gets arrested for for selling pseudoephedrine and i learned this in the moment yeah i had to stop the episode put it on pause take to the internet to see if this was a fact it is a fact yeah pseudoephedrine is an ingredient in meth yep and that's why he got arrested because they were all ostensibly giving these children quote meth they were giving them pre-meth. 
pre-meth. <laughs> and like my note is, holy shit, this is all true. What the fuck is going on right now? I am so livid. Yeah. Because then as a result, because Terry set up this drug cartel to give the children <laughs> cough medicine, now Will is getting in trouble because he created a toxic competition culture in the Glee Club. And so now, enter Sue motherfucking Sylvester. Sylvester. Yeah, everything about this was the line of Terry was like, first of all, it made me laugh that Figgins was like, Howard Bamboo got arrested. And I was like, how do you know him? <laughs> I mean, good question. Does everyone in this town know each other? It could also, be. Also, Terry's, Terry's line of, well, I didn't tell him, I didn't buy it all in one place. And I was like, Oh oh, man, God. the point is so far away. Yeah. <laughs> which also means, yeah, you knew. Which means Terry was like, Terry must have known that it was meth. Um, right? Because if uh. she knew that you could get in trouble for that. I'm uh, so mad at this. I'm so angry. It's dumb. It's hella dumb. It too. is so dumb. Uh. <laughs> now I'm like, did my mom know that she was ostensibly giving me... I mean... Pre-meth. <laughs> Pre-meth. I mean, I don't think... I'm sure you have to do some science to it to make it meth-meth. Um, I've never watched Breaking Bad, <laughs> so neither. I don't know. Too stressful. Yeah, you're not allowed to buy 30 of any over-the-counter drug, I would imagine, exactly. at a time. Um, all drugs have some... All drugs have drug in them. <laughs> exactly. Print it, print it, folks. All drugs have drug. <laughs> that will also um, be on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Now Sue Sylvester is help coaching Glee Club. So she has some plan, funny lines here. That whole speech worked? is really funny. I guess. I mean, like, yeah. she's now, like, on the inside. She has successfully infiltrated the Glee Club firsthand. Yeah. Um, and then there's a really sad scene between Emma and Will. I still don't care about them, but that I wrote, was... like, I wrote down here, their longing look made me go, ugh. And I did. I went, ugh, out loud yeah. to myself. Yeah, yeah. And then we see, we cut to Rachel Berry who throws the drugs away because she has a new goal because she has a morning routine where she goes onto the elliptical and runs towards her goal, which this time is sectional. I thought this was really funny because it felt to me, like I didn't think about this any other time I've watched it, but now that I have my critical thinking hat on, I was like, <laughs> is this a weird like anti-drug tag to put in at the end? Because it feels weirdly tacked on. And I it's was like, gotta be. If they were like, oh fuck, maybe we should maybe we should tell them that the kids don't want to do drugs. I, so they don't try to do drugs. It's Fox, so I can totally see that being the thing. Like, because it's a very deliberate shot of her looking at the box of like cough right. medicine and throwing it into the trash and exercising instead, which I'm like, is this an after school special? Are we saying no like is this dare saying no to drugs? <laughs> My thoughts exactly. And that, my friends, is the end of season one, episode six. Vitamin There's your D. vitamin D for you. Yeah. So this is another only, as we said, this is another only two song episode. So I'm going to tweak because of the nature of this episode. It's, it's the same question, but I'll tweak the format a little bit, which is, Ian, if you were judging this mash off competition, who's the winner? Whose song would you pick? Well, I mean, and I'll, I'll answer this, but did they actually pick a winner? I feel like they never picked a winner. They never picked a winner because both Rachel and Finn forfeit because they were both on drugs. Okay, so right, okay. They, they never pick a winner. Okay. So it's um, up to you. You're the new celebrity judge. I think I'm going with the guy's number. 
Yeah, I 100% I think, agree. I think it's like you can do both, but you open with that number. Yeah. I also think it was, and I have no basis for this. I have no skills in music, really. But um, I do think it was a technically better mashup. Like, I felt like the songs actually mashed up better. See, I, that, which, I, I thought about that with the other one. Really? I felt yeah. like with Halo Walking on Sunshine, they were singing Halo and sometimes remember that Walking on Sunshine was supposed to be in there. I, I could see why, yeah. I also just like the two songs. Like, I like The Boys Gave Better Energy. Um, yeah. And I do believe that I would, in the same format, I would buy that one instead of... Like, I'd rather see the boys perform their song than the girls before their song again. Sure. Sure. They just... They had a better a better flow, a better... A sure. better jam. All right. Uh, well, you write us... Well, you write into us, listeners. Um, yes. Let us know who your winner is. Yeah. Who are you going to take to sectionals? Who are you taking to sectionals? And did you ever do drugs? Let us know. <laughs> we will read the answers out loud on the next episode. No, we to won't. We won't do that no, to you guys. We're not a cop. and we We're not never... a cop. That being said, I have been told I have big prefect energy and in the same <laughs> breath have been called a narc. Um, oh, well, so I mean, take that for what? The same. Yeah. It's okay, Ian. You're Thanks. better than them. Thank you so um, much. If you have thoughts or feelings, uh, please hit us up on the social media. Uh, you can find us at Glee Aggressive on both Twitter and Instagram. You can uh, find us in long form via email at gleeaggressive at gmail.com. We'll love to read your essays on this topic. Also, yeah. Uh, if you're listening to us and you've been enjoying, please rate, review, and subscribe. Yes, wow. please. Those like, things would be very five stars, please. To us. Yes, yeah. help. It helps people see our fun little show that we're doing. Just because yeah. we we like we like this stuff, we like podcasting, and I'm I mean I'm having fun with. This is a light in the dark for everyone. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, if you have some feelings and they're positive, please share them all over the place so people know yes. and more people can find this. Um, speaking of finding, Ian, where can the people find you? What a segue, Karina. Well, if you so care to find me, um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at ibroski, and I am at ianjbrodsky.com and facebook.com slash brodskyian, which I don't even know why I say the Facebook thing because it's really just only my Instagram posts reposted. Anyway... Where can people find you, Karina? Uh, if you want to find me and learn about my various happenings around the internet, the best place to find me is on Twitter and Instagram at Epic Adventure Of. Uh, there's all sorts of neat things there, I bet. Go find them. Hell yeah. <laughs> there's definitely Glee tweets before this podcast, so if you want spoilers on my thoughts, they're out there. <laughs> yep. So, thank you, my friends, for joining us on episode uh, six of Glee. Join us. Next time, we will be watching episode 7 of season 1, which is called, I believe that is, yep, Throwdown. We're on to Throwdown. Throwdown. Hoedown, Throwdown. Nope, that's a Miley Cyrus song. So, watch Throwdown next week to hear our thoughts, which leads me to Ian is watching episode 6. Want to make you watch the next one? I guess. Yeah, that's fair. That's I was a, a little answer. more. I was a little more ambivalent on this one. This one didn't leave you with a good taste in your mouth, but you don't have a choice. So we'll see you <laughs> on the next one. See you next time, y'all. <laughs>